Welcome to Insights Unlocked. I'm Nathan Isaacs, Senior Manager for Content Production at User Testing. In today's episode, I talk with Aline Tomei from Rafferson Bank International about her experiences from zero testing to a dedicated UX research process in Central and Eastern Europe. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world, from concept to execution. To tee up today's conversation, I asked UX research and designers in the User Testing Contributor Network their thoughts on what are the characteristics of a good or great UX researcher or designer. Here's what they said. I think being open-minded, um, open-minded and um, customer-driven are kind of the main things, in my opinion. So a great UX person just wants to kind of get to the root of the problem. And so I think you get that by being inquisitive. That was kind of the term I was going for. I think you need to be curious and open. I think open's a big one because if you go in um, kind of closed-minded or thinking about this is what you know I know or this is what I think, you know you're not going to be open to the um, thoughts, the ideas that you gather from other people. So I think openness and willingness to accept other ideas are very good. This would have a good perspective to what. Uh, users are thinking uh, what users could do with something. Aline, what do you think are the characteristics of a great UX designer? I say curiosity, super important. Like you have to see people and how they're using things and be fascinated by people. Be willing to observe them and see like, wow, this person is doing that in that way. Like, how cool is this? Because I think a mistake that we often make as designers is to assume that users will do something just like I do. Like, oh, I behave this way. So this is how everybody does. And this is just not true. And even sometimes we think we behave in a specific way. And if you observe, you don't. So like, this is something that we have to like, just scratch. If you do a test, people will complete the exact same task in different ways, and that's beautiful. And so I think that you have to be curious. You have to be fascinated by people. As I mentioned, Aline is a senior UX UI designer at Raffeson Bank International. The Austrian banking group operates 13 subsidiary banks in Central and Eastern Europe and serves more than 16 million customers through more than 2,100 business outlets. Aline... You also talk about the importance of empathy, openness, and resilience. Could you share more about why these qualities are critical in the world of experience research? You have to have empathy and as less judgment as possible and resilience. Resilience because you will be the person inside of the company that is advocating for the users. And this is not an easy job. And you will face a lot of resistance regardless of where you are. Aline, you've been at Raffeson for just over two years, but you're a veteran UX designer, correct? And I've been working with UX design since before the term UX was really there, <laughs> let's say. Uh, so I, my first job in design was in 2009. So I've been in the field for a while. 
it's so funny because recently I realized that my relationship with my profession is my mo my longest and most stable relationship. But it's like I, I love it. I love design. I I went to this field because I I love challenges and I love problem solving. Like I think when when there's something intricate and you have to find a solution for it and it's not that easy and you have to think outside the box and what I really love about it is that you can make a true impact in people's lives. It's more and more necessary. We are using websites. We are using apps all the time. And we actually have the power to make them better, to make them more intuitive, to make them more accessible. Like accessibility is a huge deal and people ignore it. I feel like this is a field where I am actually making an impact and I can actually improve things. I know I sound very passionate, and I, I really am. What are some of the challenges you faced in introducing UX research to such a large and established international organization? The thing is, the largest the corporation is, uh, the company, the largest until the point that it's a corporation, the harder it is to change things. And I think especially like in a very well-established company, like a bank, they have their ways. And some of them have been the same for decades. You have to be a person that really pushes for changes because there will be so much resistance. It's, it's not the easiest job, to say the least, uh, but it's necessary. Like someone has to do that, right? You have to be very resilient. This is a skill that I have after living in four different countries. <laughs> And so, for example, during my interview process, I asked, like, how many UX researchers and UX writers do you have in your team? And they said, we don't have any. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it started there. And they were like, oh, we are all generalists here. And I was already thinking, like, mm, I wonder how this works in a bank that serves so many countries, having no one geared towards UX research. And so already in my interview process, I told them, well, if you do hire me, we will have to change that. How did you navigate the complexities of implementing UX research in such a rigid environment? I started there 2021. So we had lockdowns. We were in the middle of the pandemic. When I started, we were working with nine countries. And I was just thinking, how am I supposed to talk to our users in nine countries if we're in a lockdown? That was quite, quite challenging. And I immediately told my boss, we need a tool to be able to do this work remotely. And I had already worked with user testing before in my previous company. And uh, I told him, look, I know this tool so great. It makes things much easier. Uh, I highly recommend it. How do, how do we get it? And then my boss was like, good luck. <laughs> so complicated to get a new tool in a bank because they are so strict with security and especially when you are in Europe there are extra rules of GDPR and then they were like well a colleague already tried and she went through the process with procurement but turned out they stored data the company that she tried which was not user testing they stored data in the US so we couldn't take it. And even though everybody was telling me, like, you won't do it, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. And I started the process with procurement. The people from user testing were also so helpful because, believe me, we needed so many things. And all in all, <laughs> it's even 
funny to say, it took me 10 months to get user testing. 10 months. Can you believe that? Going through procurement, security, legal, to get, to get it to happen. To me, it was just like, it, the need was just so clear. It, I mean, I had used it before and I come from this field. So I, I was just like, well, we absolutely need this. There was no doubt in my mind. And luckily it worked with all of the things. And initially we said, well, let's just do a one-year contract just to try it out. And if we don't like it, we don't have to continue. And guess what? As soon as we had that, everybody loves it. Everybody from my colleagues that uses it, loves it. 10 months is quite a journey. Can you share a project where UX research is making a significant impact? In Eastern Europe, they are the biggest bank. They, their headquarters are in Austria, so this bank started in Austria. Uh, but nowadays, they go from Austria to all of the Eastern European countries. They are basically in all of them. This is super interesting because those are countries that are highly under-researched. A lot of challenge because there are lots of like... Like very close to each other, lots of small countries, but they all have their languages, they all have different cultures, they all have different relationships to their finances. And then the idea of this project that I entered was exactly to make a more uniform and consistent thing. So like they were created their own CMS to make their internal and external websites using those components so that it would be more uniform. But then in the beginning, it depended, like we could be testing a whole page or it could be just a functionality. So for example, one functionality that I, that I tested was the loan calculator that we were developing to see just like, do people understand the tabs? Do they get the slider? Do they find all the information that they need? Is everything clear? You know, like, so this was one um, piece. But it has also been, for example, a whole website about uh, currencies. Let's say if you want to transfer money from different currencies and you want to see those graphs and all of that. So to see how are people like, are they understanding what is unclear? What is in the wrong positioning? You know, like what is critical? Things like that. It's clear that your work extends beyond the visual interface and delves into content strategy and user interaction. How do you approach testing in complex and interactive prototypes? Our prototypes in Figma, they are not the standard prototypes. Like you go from this page to that page. Our prototypes are super complex because they are completely interactive. So each part is independent from each other because we have sliders, we will have carousels, we will have areas with multiple things that you can pick. We will have a quick navigation in the beginning that depending on, so for example, what is your goal? Let's say I'm testing a, a page for investing. Like, what are what do you want to do with investing? Like, do you want to save for retirement? Do you have a kid that you want to save for school? Do you just have a little bit of extra money and you want to see it grow? Like, things like that you have right at the beginning of the page. And then you can click and find out more, like, tailored to what you were looking for. And in that, one of the very clear insights from the beginning is that um, when you're testing, you cannot test only the, the user interface, like content is essential. So I had to work very closely in that project with the content strategy team because they were also developing new pages, like they were coming up with new ideas and developing blueprints for new pages from scratch. So 
testing way before it went to development, which is ideal, not always possible. <laughs> but uh, when it is, it's great because it's, I mean, I've been working with this for so long and I've never ever had a test that I came out with no insights, nothing that could be improved. Like this just doesn't exist. Like if you are testing something, you will find things that can be improved, that can be better. This is just a rule. Given the complexity of your projects, how do you communicate findings effectively to stakeholders? So something that I also find very important when I'm doing a test is how I'm documenting it afterwards and how I'm sharing that with the stakeholders. I mean, if I just tell them every little thing that I found on the website, it's a big list usually. Something that I find essential is to list the findings and what needs to be done. And then I have a, a system to say how critical it is. Green, if it's not too bad, yellow, if it's medium, and red, if it's really critical. So I list that and right next to it, the effort involved considering uh, content strategy, design, and especially development, because that's common in, in companies that like, usually you're short on developers. And uh, if I tell them we need to change everything, like it won't be done. So I find that very important to have realistic suggestions that can be implemented. Because if I'm suggesting something that they don't have the capacity to do like that, it would be too complicated for the developers. It will not get done, you know? So you have to be very down to earth and think like, what can we do now? And then also important are some things that we say, well, MMP and MVP. So like, what can we do now? And what would be good to do in the future? And so we also like create tickets for things that, we will need to tackle afterwards. The whole system with saying like how critical and how much effort is needed, this is a game changer because you can identify quick wins very easily. So like if you go through it and you see this is red, but the effort is small, I, I usually put like small, medium, large, extra large, then let's do them. Let's do it right now. So I think that this is this is good and also the stakeholders appreciate it a lot because it also helps set priorities you know for the team like if th this is super critical and it's a quick win then we know let's it's a priority let's tackle it as soon as possible moving forward what do you see as the biggest challenges in the field of ux design especially in a corporate setting honestly now that we have the tools to do it. I think the biggest challenge is making people understand the worth of this work. Because I feel like when you're, especially when you're doing UX research, you're not the most loved person. Because what are you doing? Like as a UX researcher, you are testing their things and you're coming up with a list of problems. So like the project owner, project manager, whoever it is, they don't love you. Because on their point of view, you are bringing them problems. They are short on developers. They have their roadmap for the year planned way in advance. And then you test and you come to them and you're like, oh, by the way, there's also this and this and that that we need to do. Everybody understands in theory that it is important to do research. And it is important to have the pages more intuitive for the users. But in praxis, 
when you are listing the problems, telling them what needs to be done, they see that as a delay in them the, in their deliverables. Because nowadays, especially with Agile, people are so focused in delivery. And usually they see delivery as new functions, more functions, more functions, more functions. And they are so focused on showing this level of delivery to the stakeholders to prove the worth of their work, that if you're just like fine-tuning something or making something better, that this is faced with a lot of resistance. So I think that my biggest challenge nowadays is really proving that it is worth it to do research. And as soon as possible, as early as possible in the process, we want to make our project future-proof. We want to make our product future-proof. Maybe what we have is good for now, but technology is evolving. Users' expectations are evolving at the same time as this technology is evolving. We, ha we are not only working for the, the things we have right now. We are working to make them good in the long run. And this means making the project or the product future-proof. That's what I tell them I'm, to, the, to a very resistant PO, for example. Oh, you're complaining that you're short of developers, that you don't have so much development, and you are complaining about that. Well, how about we do something great in the first time so we don't have to do it twice? Let's test as early as possible so that when it comes to the developer, it is already tested. So we already know that the effort that they will be putting on it is to put towards something that we know works because we tested it. Your insights are invaluable for anyone navigating the world of UX design. Before we wrap up, could you share your hopes for the future of UX design within your organization? My expectation is that in four years from, from now, I have a whole team doing that, a whole team doing just that, because it's very important, very needed, you know? I, so yeah, my hope is that I won't be the only one <laughs> guiding that and that we can scale what we are doing, that we can show the company the importance of our work and, and grow the awareness of why we need UX, why we need design, why we need research, and that it will grow. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing.